From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. More NIL talk because we have rules now. We have rules. Didn't even need a crazy commission to get those things done. So months after the uh, the, the months after the rules changed, we have new guidelines. Sorry, that is the way to put it here in the NCAA space. So we'll, uh, usually we'll touch on that today. Make rules at the beginning, right? Isn't that usually the way? Well, no, we have retroactive rules, and they are allowed to go back and retroactively punish. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that. A couple quick baseball things. uh, A little bit. I I found a couple quotes I want to go over that were really funny about um, uh, the horse and getting hit in the head yesterday. So I'm going to run over that a little bit today. Got several different things. We'll we'll hit over the course of. uh, of today's show, we we we're in the we're we're sort of in the silly season a little bit, where there's not a ton going on. I mean, I know we have baseball, but there's only so much that you can do with a uh, ten and fourteen team that's playing in Baton Rouge here. Um, Ole Miss did announce. Well, well, the truth is, yeah, we're like normal people. All uh-huh. the stuff that's going on in the world, we we follow it as well. Yes, and so we're interested in that as well, but we don't talk about it here because I think our job is to be a distraction for other people from that. But sometimes it's hard to come up with a lot of distractions. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, the stuff going on, we're interested in. We were just talking about the the law enforcement officer and the inmate from, is it Alabama? Were they escaped? Uh, Florida, yeah, Lauderdale County in Alabama. Yeah. But we were talking about that, that. They caught them yesterday. She committed suicide. They caught the criminal. Just a crazy story. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. We, we could, we could, I mean, look, we're, we are a couple of weeks away from veering off into God knows what, because that's what we do during the summer. Um, it just is what it is, and we're not too far from that. Probably like the second week of June, once some other stuff shakes out. So that's kind of my, my thought process there. You took a reason you're wearing an Omaha shirt today. You're trying to say that you think something's about to come, huh? <laughs> yeah, flirtingly, I, I am, I am, I'm, 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 I'm willing things not into existence right now, actually, is what's, what's going on. So. Chase is predicting a sweep at LSU. Two of three against stay in now. And then five. win the SEC tournament, win a road regional, get a home super regional, win it, and go to Omaha. <laughs> the most unlikely of circumstances. I'd actually enjoy watching our message board at that point. The, the conflict, the dichotomy of, of thought would be. I'm taking a month off if they find a way to 15 and 15 and then get to a super regional and lose a game three. <laughs> I'm just, just, I, I, I don't, I, I'm done. I'm, there's no answer at that point. <sighs> Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, Blue Sky location, up and down I 55, all throughout North Mississippi as well. Lunch specials five sixty nine, two sides bread, thirty two ounce drinks, and the uh, the Exxon Mobile app. Download it. When you do that, you get a thousand bonus points. That equals ten bucks even at the pump you're filling up at the time. So do that. You can take a picture of the QR code. They make it easy to get those thousand points with uh, the Oxford Exxon again. All Blue Sky locations throughout Mississippi, and coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. 
We are. Clark Ford is in uh, Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guest, join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizers. Got a great beer selection, full bar and more. Great place to hang out if you're uh, getting out of the heat for a minute. You want to watch some uh, college baseball, NBA playoffs, whatever the case may be, NHL playoffs, whatever floats your boat. You can do that there at Rafters. Also at Rafters in New Albany. So uh, I neglected this yesterday, and I just sort of forgot, to be honest. Um, Mike announcing, which is not surprising news, Riley Maddox out for the rest of the season. Um, is going to most likely need Tommy John surgery on his UCL. And the bigger impact to that is that you start doing the timeline, and even in a absolute best-case scenario, you're talking 10, 11 months, probably a full year. So that is a good bit of next season as well on Maddox, the, uh, the talented freshman out of Jackson. Um, so – I, I, you know, the only thing that I think that if if you're a fan that I think you can feel some frustration, and I understand. I mean, I asked I asked Mike after Sunday's game, kind of where's he at, what happened, and he said that when they first did the MRI, um, when he first had the pain, it was diagnosed as a forearm flexor strain, and essentially they thought that it was a little inconclusive so they could do some, maybe some PRP, some plasma injections, some different things, avoid it, avoid the surgery standpoint. But as time went on, it did not improve at all. And they realized that there was a UCL strain as well. Um, which again, we, I mean, I, I don't understand and I'm not trying to play doctor here, but every time we hear forearm stiffness or soreness or pain, it is a, it is 80% of the time a UCL predictor. Yes. So why that would not be fine tooth combed at that point, I do not understand. I don't. That is my that is my only question that I have going into this is well, I mean I'm not a doctor or a baseball coach, and I'm aware that that is the key indicator on elbow issues is is forearm pain, unless it completely blows out and then you have elbow pain. But most of the time it is a it is a a, a referred pain into your forearm because of the things you're doing to protect your elbow is the way that starts. So. Either way, he will have the surgery. I'm assuming at some point here soon, and you're looking at you're looking. He's at not going to play year. next year. Yeah, I mean, you lose a year. It's for him. It's for him. First of all, it sucks for him. It's the first person I always think about is the yeah. player. Timing wise, it is the worst time it could happen, and you don't want that energy injury to happen to anybody. Obviously, at any point. And then from a program standpoint, it's a it's a blow. Oh, it's a big blow, yeah. Because I think he was going to be a rotational piece next year, and now he won't. Because those things are – it's nine months before you throw, but it's 12 months before you really throw. And I'm, I know there are, there are exceptions, but the exceptions mm-hmm. are really rare. Yeah, you can't you can't predict on a schedule a 10, 10, 10 to 10-and-a-half-month 10 recovery. That right, it's you. You pretty much. If you get lucky, you get lucky. But. Yeah, and so at this point, with the way the timing is, I would take the more conservative approach with that. Or just take the season. I would. And his first game action somewhere next summer. Yeah. Go to the cape or something. Yeah. Or? That's possible. See that. 
Um, Ole Miss in Hattiesburg Wednesday, as we mentioned yesterday. Drew McDaniel will start for Ole Miss. He's been the midweek starter for several weeks. That wasn't a surprise. And then Ole Miss obviously going with the same rotation this uh, this weekend. Dylan Delusia, Hunter Elliott, and uh, Derek Diamond. Hunter Elliott named the SEC Freshman of the Week this week for his – uh, his performance against Missouri over the uh, the weekend. Apparently, it's a pretty tough ticket. I was talking to a buddy on the way over here, and uh, general admission prices even being scalped um, at an increased rate for Hattiesburg on Wednesday night. So, wow. Apparently, it, and that's a, I mean, all jokes aside, that's a pretty hostile environment for Ole Miss. Like, it, it gets. It's pretty rough down there, so that's um, won't be a lot of rebel fans in the stadium. There is a bit of a chip on some shoulders down there. Yeah, it gets. Uh, it's it, Ole Miss will have to counter that a little bit and play within themselves. I mean, and it's it's a Southern Miss team that scuffled on a little bit. They've lost two out of three two weekends in a row. I think they lost to uh, to UAB two out of three, and then Old Dominion, as we mentioned yesterday, two out of three. I mean, they're right kind of on that host line where they need to get some business done. Southern needs the win for their own purposes as much as Ole Miss does. I expect. Like almost kind of a postseason type midweek game uh, tomorrow night. I think it's uh, it's got a chance to be kind of lively. Um, ESPN Plus, we said yesterday, is streaming that, so there is a there's that as well. So I don't know. I guess that's all that's going on from a baseball standpoint that I'm aware of. I'm pulling up Ross Dellinger talking about NIL. Who here. does Southern Miss hate more, Ole Miss or Mississippi State? Probably Ole Miss. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I mean, it's what's look. It's what's so stupid a little bit is that I think the answer is because of like all these stereotypes and whatnot and whatever you want to do. Yeah. And look, can those exist in some ways? Sure. But like 70% of the fan bases, there's not a nickels, nickels damn worth of difference in anybody. You know what I mean? It's all kind of stupid a little bit. So I don't know. I find you say Ole Miss fans and Mississippi State fans are the same people? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying a larger percentage are than, yes, the, the, the stereotypical <laughs> presence that happens with that. Yes, that is, that is, that is, that is what I'm saying. So you're saying if you go into the Grove on a football Saturday that there are some people that are just dressed normally? They're not – not everybody is dressed to the nines? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oxford and Starkville are very different, but from an overall <laughs> fan base standpoint, you're going to have some – yes, I mean – Yeah. It's like anything else. I mean, it's when I'm talking about, well, you know, look, the team is this. Like, the fan base is this. So, I'm with the whole fan base? Like, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 yeah. Just, they're, they're all like <laughs> – Robots that put on the same shirt. It's a really every day. broad brush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nobody in agriculture is an Ole Miss fan. There's not a single lawyer that's a state fan anywhere. <laughs> they, they don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, I, I I get it. I mean, stereotypes are things for a sure, reason. Sure. There are truth in all stereotypes. Yes, of course. I mean, before somebody blows a gasket, I'm not. Yeah, of course. You know. Not everybody at A and M's in the. Country. Well, and then they on the TV cameras find the idiots that perpetuate it. I mean, it was like when whatever year it was, the guy was. It's College World Series. The state was there, and they're having Lou in some little thing or whatever. And this state redneck guy was like, "We drive tractors, and they sue people." And it's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like, I, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm... I'll get a hateful email over that. Somebody going, "Nope, nope, we're very dumb." Okay. Relax. I've told people of all the places, the one that I probably know the least about is is Mississippi State. I'm really, just, I've never really been there. Is that because you didn't cover them or play? Like, you didn't cover games when you were in Alabama? Is that what that comes from? Well, I mean, I guess it was always a, a drivable one-day deal. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, if if I was covering Auburn, if 
I, I could get I could get back to Mobile after a state game and buy a night at home. Yeah, so you're not, you know, and when I covered the SEC, yeah, I would just drive to Starkville and drive back. I never did the overnight thing in Starkville, and obviously, when you're covering Ole Miss, there's no reason to stay overnight there. So I just don't know the town very well. They've done a better job. I've said this. I think one of the things that happens to them is that when you're going to the athletic facilities, all you see is the highway and the pastures and stuff, and you never have to actually go through town for anything. Like you have to make it a purpose to get into areas that, look, it's not great, but they have done a better job. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 not what it was 15 years ago. So, I mean, something like that. Uh, let's see. All right, I've got this up. Where is it? Sorry, that was a bad pod. Um, hey, while you're looking that up, there's a few people in the thread that are talking about the Grizzlies. And yes, yeah, go ahead. yes, welcome to welcome to how it felt to be a Thunder fan. <laughs> Maddening. They get every call. Uh, they why? It's not a major market. Why? Why does the Warriors yeah. get every call? Um, well, they have, we can do this for a minute. We got time. They have one of the game's biggest superstars. Sure, Steph Curry is a major draw, and every- star matters more than market, frankly. Yeah, NBA. yeah, yeah, in that league, especially Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, over time. Yeah, um, and they just, like I said, they're the sneaky one of the dirtiest teams in in basketball. They get away with it because offensively. They 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 play pretty, but there's nothing pretty about them. They're not soft. Um, I think they're borderline dirty. I've said that for years. Uh, Draymond Green gets away with things that he shouldn't get away with, but he gets away with it. Thompson is just a elite defensive player, and I think officials have an expectation that they'll get fouled. They go to the line a lot. I'm sure it's an incredibly difficult game to officiate at the at the NBA level, especially at the playoff level where every possession is really dialed in. Um, and then if you're Memphis, this series, you're, you're going to lose the series now. And, and this series is going to be one that <clears throat> it's going to haunt them a little bit unless they use it as a, as a tool to improve for next season. And a lot of teams do that. They yeah. have that series where they learn from it and go, okay, we're, we're cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, Jaw's only 22. Yeah, Jaw's young. And, and they have other pieces that are really, really good. The the only thing that – and I, I was joking around with Brendan Chapman yesterday on, on Twitter about it where he was like, you know, this could be the beginning of something. And it is the way you look at it. But you don't know how long you'll have all these guys together. You don't know how many years you'll go into a postseason healthy – you see the injury with with Ja. To my, to my point, it's you just don't know how many chances you get. So you want to take advantage when you get a chance, and they had a real chance this year as the two seed in a a Western Conference that's good, but there's no great team. I mean, the Warriors aren't a great team, the Suns aren't a great team, the Mavericks aren't a great team. It's, you know, it's kind of an opportunity. That game one loss in Memphis is going to haunt for a while. That was a game they should have won. Over in six, get five. Well, man, I guess we don't know about Jaws' health, but 
I would think the Grizzlies have a real good shot at home in Game Five, and then Game Six is that's a you're that's ha- a chore. You're gonna have to bring your big boy pants because yeah, they're gonna get calls. You got to understand that they're going to get calls. So a lot of it is just mentally going, okay, just let it go. Got to grind through it, and then and then the last two minutes you have to play better than Memphis well, because that game was there. Yeah, you play better in the last two minutes, you win the basketball. Yeah, game. and they played poorly in the final two minutes, and they, yeah, a couple calls went against them, but they also took bad shots. They did things that you can't do that, yeah, give the Warriors credit. They didn't do. They they got the ball where it needed to go. Made a point in here about the other thing, too. I, I do think there's a difference in the Ole Miss and State fan bases, and I believe in some ways it's fueled institutionally. I think State putting so much emphasis on Mississippi and this competition with Ole Miss and trying to pull Ole Miss down in the mud – creates fan base differences beyond just socioeconomic or anything else that 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 fuels into it and I, I've believed that for a long time I mean Scott Strickland back in the day hurt his if that who it was hurt his fan base by apologizing for playing a power five game that affects your fan base's psyche that changes what they believe that does all these different things and when you when state at times shoots so low it creates yeah. Because look, if you're, I mean, if your target is right in front of you, and that's all you're looking at, and you're not trying to really expand, and you can't do that, well, there's, I mean, there's just frustration. There's no other step. It's not, hey, we we didn't reach the pinnacle of what we're shooting for, but we made some whatever. No, like they have one. It was, you know, in some ways, it's one goal, and that's a, a scary place to be. And frankly, it's impacted Ole Miss because Ole Miss has to really try hard, and they don't do a very good job of it at times of avoiding that, yeah, not getting down in the mud. I've talked about this till I'm dizzy almost. And a lot of people disagree with me, and they tell me you're not a Mississippian and you don't understand. And okay, I've been here for a while, though. Not yeah. brand new. I mean, it's not virgin territory here at this point. I think Ole Miss is better off when it's dominating Mississippi State, not acting like that's a big deal, and avoiding them in a way mentally. Yeah, yeah. L- don't put the clock up in the field house. Don't. Yeah, stop. I mean, Lane, to his credit, yeah. doesn't do a lot of that crap. He plays with them sometimes. Yeah. But he kind of plays with everybody, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't talk about winning the national championship. And then focus on state. And then, hey, we beat state. Look at look at this trophy. And you can't. It, that, that doesn't, it doesn't match. Unless that trophy is another step on the way to the national championship. Yeah. Ole Miss's goal should be very simple when you get to Atlanta. Yeah. Well, how do you get to Atlanta? You got to beat Alabama. Yeah. Beating Mississippi State. If if I say okay, you're getting to Atlanta, it's a given that you beat State, right? It's a given. You you beat State. The SEC did Ole Miss a favor years ago with this, and I, I think it's coming to an end in the next few years. But Vanderbilt's your permanent opponent. If you're Ole Miss to get to Atlanta, you've got to beat Vanderbilt. You've got to beat Mississippi State. We talk about this forever. The, the the path to being consistently upper tier, forget Atlanta or whatever else, is dominate state, dominate Vanderbilt, and then find a way against everybody else. Yeah, because you beat the teams that are in disarray because there'll be one or two of those elsewhere, sure. and then yeah. do the best you can with who's whoever's whomever's left. Because part of the business plan, if if you say, "Okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to dominate LSU." Okay, well, that, <laughs> they're going to have something to say about that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to dominate. We're going to dominate Auburn. Yeah. we're going to dominate Alabama. I mean, you're going to get laughed at. Even we're going to dominate Arkansas. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. History says you won't. Yeah, but you can dominate state. 
in Vanderbilt. And you can dominate Vanderbilt. And if you start every season 2-0 and in the league, okay, well, now you can build on that. But your focus can't – you can't internally be obsessed with Mississippi State. Yeah. And to Kiffin's credit, he's not no. at all. Like, he doesn't get into the trap on, hey, we've got to take these Mississippi kids because they're Mississippi kids and we've got to win the Mississippi uh-uh, – nope. He's like, no, I need players who can win SEC games yeah. against Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Texas A&M. Because you can hate all these places all you want to. If you see them through the lens of an 18-year-old kid, you're like, this is, this is we've got competition yeah. here. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. As the weather heats up, so do the deals from Dead Soxie. Dead Soxie's mystery box is a uh, great is a super deal for you. You get 20 pairs of socks, 20 for only $70 if you enter the code Rebel Grove at checkout. In addition, you can use Rebel Grove for 35% off site-wide, off everything else. So uh, deadsoxy.com, stock up on your favorite no-shows or dress socks, and step into warmer weather in style. As always, stay soxy. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. So go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Uh, ACS, Automation Control Systems, LLC. It's based in Baldwin, Mississippi. It is an electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff, and a UL508A panel shop. ACS can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard. It's been serving the Oxford area for about three-quarters of a century. From engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801. One seven seven seven. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call people at Southern six six two four two nine forty four twenty nine. Uh, podcast brought to you by Prime Shrimp. Remember to head to the message board. There is a thread there for a free giveaway. All you have to comment is if you uh, have purchased in the past, give a little bit of review. Just say you ordered, even you don't necessarily have to say anything about it, and you'll be automatically entered to win into that giveaway. If you haven't done that, you get twenty dollars off your first order. With MPW, take advantage of that. Use the link, primeshrimp.com. Five different flavors to choose from, a couple, including a couple new ones. So, again, that's on the message board, and that is straight to your door, delivered through primeshrimp.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do get it. It's hard to dominate a series against a team that is a program that is, I mean, competent. I mean, State's not incompetent at all, um, and gets all of its energy from playing you. I mean, that is a spot to be. It's where, at least the game's at the end of the year. I mean, 
I know people have talked about, hey, you don't want to, what if you moved it and that would minimize it and whatever. I think that would be a bit of a trap because I think it would be a bigger problem for Ole Miss playing that game in the middle of the schedule somewhere when State does so much to get amped up for it. Now, I think it would be even more detrimental to State at some other time of the year, but I, I think that would be a more strange situation. Um, somebody said in the stream that, in a way, Leach is the perfect fit because he's going to win a lot of games, look kind of cool doing it, but the problem is he doesn't take Ole Miss very seriously, and he's going to find out really quickly. It doesn't really matter what else you do if you do not win that football game. Well, if he doesn't win the game – this year on Thanksgiving night this year he's going to wake up on Black Friday bit of a in a spot of bother yeah you can't I mean probably have a come to Jesus after that you think so hey we got got I don't know that anybody could survive there losing four years in a row to Ole Miss he's lost two yeah if he loses another one I think the message would be sent and hey, depending on what the records are I mean, if, if any of these projections and Ole Miss does find some different quarterback play and some different stuff, I mean, you wake up and you're you lost that game and you're six and six and Ole Miss is nine and three. Well that's uh that's a deal. So oh. I got a text from somebody who said that a lot of the issue with Southern Miss and Ole Miss is that Southern Miss cannot get over the fact that Ole Miss won't play them in football. But that has been a sticking point that they will not get past. And there's no reason for Ole Miss. I would question the sanity of anyone at Ole Miss who scheduled that game. It does nothing for you. Literally nothing. If if you're going to do the in-state thing, then instead of playing Central Arkansas, play Jackson State. Got no issue with that. Keep the money in state. Tell, sure. tell Jackson State to bring the band and have a big time. Sure. I got no problem with that. Sure, Frankly, sure. I think it'd be a good idea. Because yeah, it's a zero, I would do that. A zero chance you lose the game. Yeah, need enough and you, nobody. You who quietly gives a crap if you play Southern Illinois or Jackson. State. I mean, whatever. you quietly get to giggle at Dion a little bit. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'd schedule it. Yeah. Hey, come up. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll have a big time. Yeah, but I'm not playing Southern Miss. Why? No point. Zero point. It gives, it, there's nothing in it for you. And they would probably want some sort of a three-for-one or something to get you and in. And I'm, not going, I'm no. not going to the Rock. No. I'll go to Tulane. Yeah, that's different. Uh-huh. Yeah, my fans like to go there. I go to SMU. My fans like to go there. I'm trying to recruit Dallas. Not just athletically, but a- yeah. academically. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I have gr- to have a reason to be in that town if I go. Yeah, if I'm going to go play a group of five team on the road, I've got to have a reason to do it. And off the top of my head, those are the only two that I can come up with. SMU and Tulane. Yeah. I can justify those trips. Got huge. Georgia Tech makes it. I know it's a power five team, yeah. but that makes tons of sense. Sure. That, that, that Georgia Tech makes tons of sense. It's fine. It's a power five game. Yeah, it's served a lot of purposes. You the have, game you're likely going to win in an area you recruit academically and athletically. Yeah, you have a lot of alumni in Atlanta. It's one of our top five yeah. or six markets every single month. Yeah. Makes a, makes a ton of sense. But Southern Miss makes no sense. Dallas makes more sense than Houston. Yeah. But you could justify a game. If, I mean, yeah. maybe at Rice. Yeah, sure. Sure. Or just play Houston. Or Houston, yeah. Yeah. And they're in the Big 12 now. They actually can get you a Power 5 slot that you oh, need. Yeah. That makes sense. Their program will take a jump. Oh, that's a 
That's one where if you said, hey, in 10 years, Houston, they're not nationally elite maybe, but pretty damn competent. UCF. Because they're just so big. Cincinnati getting into a big Big 12 now. Probably game changer for them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I would also never go to Memphis. Ever. Yeah, ever. I would, no, I would never go to Memphis. And if that means I don't play you in basketball, then I just don't play you in basketball. Fine. We'll no one cares. It. There's no reason to play them. There's too many other options that just make more sense. So, uh, interim name, image, and likeness policy guidance regarding third-party involvement was the uh, the headline that the NCAA put on their uh, their form that they read their, it to their, me again. Uh, interim name, image, and likeness policy guidance regarding third-party involvement. Interim. Again, these people. I, again. I'm, so, stick with me. For I a wouldn't second. last long at the NCAA. Okay, so stick with me for a minute. I'm okay? trying. Yeah, I know it's gonna it's gonna take a second, but I think this is important. I think the wording is very important. So, if I give sure. a sentence that you want to stop, feel free. Okay. Third parties defined as boosters, which is what this is all actually about. It's that that is the key part of this is that the NCAA is. I mean, I'm going to read the actual sentences because I again, people don't typically read the actual sentences. I think that's important here, but. In theory, they're trying to say that every collective or directive or entity is a booster to some level for the most part. That is the Cliff Notes version that I'm about to read. So as a starting point, it is important to understand how a representative of athletic interest booster is defined by NCAA legislation. A booster is in part defined as an individual, independent, agency, or corporate entity. Examples meaning apparel or equipment manufacturers or other organization who is known or should have been known by a member of the institution's executive or athletics administration to have participated in or to be a member of an agency or organization promoting the institution's interclusion athletics program or to assist or have assisted in providing benefits to enroll student athletes or their family members. That's the entire definition. By definition, that is every single collective and directive and person who even, I mean, frankly, who even publicly goes, hey, root for the rebels. By definition. Mm -hmm. I mean, just saying. I mean, again, I'm reading the definition, and that is a loose interpretation of what that is. Then in bold, below that, they put, it appears the overall mission of many, if not all, of the above-referenced third-party entities is to support is to promote or support a specific NCAA institution by making available NIL opportunities to prospective student-athletes and student-athletes of particular institutions, thereby triggering the definition of a booster. Okay. All right. With this in mind, NCAA rules related to the involvement of boosters in recruiting activities remain relevant to the interim NCAA policy. Specifically, NCAA rules will preclude boosters from engaging in recruiting activities, including recruiting conversations on behalf of a school. Further, NCAA recruiting rules preclude boosters from providing benefits to PSAs, prospective student-athletes, and preclude institutional staff members from being involved directly or indirectly with the provision of benefits to a PSA. Finally, it's important to note that existing NCAA prohibitions related to pay-for-play have not changed as a result of the interim NIL policy guidance related to prospective student athletes. This is also the last thing I'm going to read and then we'll get to talking. 
Recruiting conversations between an individual or entity that has triggered booster status and PSA are not permissible. Meaning, essentially, any situation prior to the person being enrolled that is in any way about, hey, are you coming here? Well, we might pay you this, blah, 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 blah. Booster NIL entities may not communicate with a PSA, a PSA's family, or other affiliated with the PSA for a recruiting purpose or to encourage the PSA's enrollment at a particular institution. Uh, boosters may not engage in recruiting activities, including recruiting conversations on behalf of a school. Uh, one more. Might have been it. I don't know. That's good enough for now. Um, I could, there's tons more minutiae, but it doesn't really matter. That's the gist. And then as we have said, and what Dellinger is saying too, is they are going to, they are telling the NCAA enforcement staff they have the ability to retroactively look at previous NIL deals, previous NIL conversations, and essentially, no, they point this out. This is what's kind of incredible about this, and say, go after the egregious ones. A simple, basically, if the speed limit's 55, if they went 60 or 65, and eh, we can't really do anything about that because we don't have the manpower, but go find the dude who went 90 and punish the hell out of them. And then moving forward, punish anybody who breaks the rule whatsoever. All right, so who are the egregious ones? Well, I mean, A&M. Okay. Tennessee. Okay. Because in this, again, and I, I don't want to find it for the minutia, but the, the gist is they clarify NLL, NIL in their minds. It's supposed to be simply a representation of market value once a student athlete is enrolled that – is relevant to his stature for that market value and does not have anything to do with what school he chooses or his playing time or anything that could be induced as play-for-play at that point. So by those interpretations, Tennessee, A&M, Jackson State, um, I mean, Travis Hunter just didn't wake up and go, woo, um, Kentucky. So... Let's take Jackson State for a minute because I think that's interesting. So you would have to prove. You would have to prove that Dion bartered the deal with Barstool and that he was only going to get the money if he went to Jackson State and that it was an amount representative of his stature with his situation. Okay. Yes. And Dion, being a Barstool employee, muddies the hell out of that water. And with Tennessee, you would have to prove that the collective, at the behest of the coaching staff, targeted Nico Ima Oliva. And signed him to a contract. Because he was the quarterback Tennessee was pursuing in its signing class. Yes. That's yeah, correct. because it's – look, anybody, anybody that, that looks at that and thinks that that contract is good if he goes to any place other than Tennessee is – and it's why I think the Miami guy, at least legally, was trying to be smart when he signed a ton of Miami kids, but he also funneled some money to kids' other schools. And he went, I don't know, I'm just paying kids. I don't know, whatever. I, don't know. I got the kid that went to Florida or went to FIU or FAU or whatever. But then Cookman, I don't know. Okay, so the next step. Yeah. Because sure. this is where I think this is going. Sure. I actually believe the NCAA is going to try to hammer somebody. 
Okay, that's obvious. I do too. No, they are going to identify one person and try to absolutely beat the hell out of them. And I don't think it's going to be Jackson State. I think it's Kentucky. Okay. With the possibility of Tennessee. The collective at Kentucky, the boosters, whatever you want to call them, are going to fight back. They are. Because when they were doing what they were doing, it was not against the rules. It was, but it wasn't. I'm not even, again, I'm playing devil's advocate for a podcast. I, it was, though. How was it not against the rules? I mean, I know what you're saying. We all know because what you're saying. Because everybody was doing it. Well, sure. But we're talking about these idiot pocket protector guys in Indianapolis. Why, <laughs> why was it not against the rules? So when the collectives fight back, and they will, and they say, okay, we're, we will sue you, this is going to become boosters versus the NCAA. Where will this game be played? Will it be played in an NCAA courtroom or will it be played in a courtroom? Because what's going to happen is as soon as a school gets hit, their collective is going to file antitrust legislation or uh, lawsuits. Yes. That's what's going to happen. Which means that will go to a court, not an NCAA hearing. That is correct. See, to me, this feels like the first really big step towards breaking away from the NCAA. And forming something new. This is the beginning of a mini NFL. Am I overreacting? Am I am I missing something? I'm I'm free to admit that I get some of these wrong. No, I mean I understand what you're saying. I mean I I think the NCAA has the bones to make an example out of one person. Because here's the thing too, they're they're lacking in staff. From an enforcement standpoint, they're down even normal employee levels. So yeah. they don't even have the ability to investigate more than like one or two schools. They just don't have the manpower. They have no ability. They have no ability to fight to the level that you're talking about. But it's it's kind of back to the conversation of the day. We're in a little bit of an echo chamber because... So what do they do? Do they go talk to Nico Iamaliva, who's not even an NCAA student athlete yet? Yeah. Yeah. They sit down with him and say, take me through this? Yes. When were you contacted? Why? Who contacted you? Yes. What did they promise you? What they say? And there's a contract. Yes. Which is good and bad for all parties. It's a weird spot to be in. Because, look, state law allows you to, because, yeah, I mean, again, it's so muddy because in Mississippi, you can do NILs with high school kids. Well. But the I, truth is, it comes back to the schools being representatives of the athletic department. The truth is, like, if, let's say, who's the quarterback he just transferred into Oxford? He's, he's committed to Utah. I can't think of his name. Howard. Mac Howard. Yeah, sure. Look at me. Um, You know, like if a local Oxford business, let's say walk-ons, right, wants to do something with Mac Howard, where he gets a little scratch. Isn't that's kind of what the purpose of NIL was originally, right? That was the that was the Pollyanna purpose the NCAA dreamed up, yes. But if Mac Howard does a deal with a business in town that's an Ole Miss booster, and then he ends up at Ole Miss, that would that would look shady, right? Are you following? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, if, if a kid from let's let's say a kid from West Point does a deal with a business in West Point that's a big Mississippi State booster, and then he ends up at Mississippi State. It almost makes me think the collectives, because look, the name doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I'm kind of doing this retroactively in my head a little bit too. I think if I'm trying to completely avoid this, I'm doing. I mean, I'm developing a name that has nothing to do with the school. Because what difference does it make? They know who you are. They'll take your money. It doesn't really matter if you're one Oklahoma or whatever else. Sure. The Garnet Trust. I would, I would do something not that, and just to protect myself. I don't know what the percentage is, but I would pay kids at other schools. My name is some generic name, and I'm paying 18% of my money to kids that went to, and it doesn't have to be a rival, just whomever. But is the NCAA wanting to put the genie back in the bottle here? Is that what this is? What they want is for the kids not to get paid. Is that what they want? That's what they wanted for the longest time. They're just... They're pissed because they were dumb enough to think it wasn't going to go 100 miles an hour on the Autobahn. So what do they want now, though? What do they want? What's Control. Their, what's they their always objective? want. Well, be part. Of, look, there's two points to this. I think they have two clear objectives, in my opinion. One is to put these guidelines in place, thinking that even if it just pulls people back from 90 to 78, the the just the existence of rules will curtail a little bit. Right, wrong, and different. Okay. And then you punish one person to make an example where everybody else maybe at least backs off a little more. Okay. So in the course of two and a half, three years, make your jokes on how long it's going to take. Instead of going 90, they're going 72. But they have no power to do anything more than that. I mean, frankly, most people can just do whatever they want, and they're not going to get caught at all because there's no manpower to catch them. Right. And the NCAA can't go to court with every collective. So these people that I'm, I'm asking these questions because I, I very clearly just don't know these people very well. The people that are unhappy with what's happening right now, is it because the the playing field has changed? Is it because there's there are new powers emerging that there's nothing you can do about it? What 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 is it's that? It's because that people are uncomfortable because it's no longer the thing we don't say out loud. It's back to the thing with the fans being upset. It's the same thing here too. They want the NCAA to go back. had a guise of amateurism when we could all just go, oh, nope, 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 it's all under the table and we're not talking about it. But now the NCAA gets every morning and with their eggs, they open up the paper or the internet and they see $8 million. They see $2 million. They see $700,000 and they go, yeah. and they throw up. That's what's happening. But it's not just the people in Indianapolis is my point. Because if you're following the story here, if you believe Dellinger's reporting, if you believe Staples' reporting, the NCAA people in Indianapolis are being encouraged by its membership to go do this. Yeah. That's my point. So, look, I love the narrative of vilifying the idiots in Indianapolis as much as anybody. But I'm not sure that's a correct narrative this time. I'm not – I mean, look, I know they're not happy, but this – if you follow the reporting – but the AD, but half the ADs are also saying, "Hey, they have no enforcement." And one of them goes, "That's adorable." Wait, one of the ADs said that. I'm getting, I'm, a, I may be getting the quotes mixed up, but okay. either way, there are a couple of the ADs said, "Hey, this isn't actually enforceable. Like we're all wasting our time." Well, yeah. And again, that's just one or two ADs. I and mean, that's again, what I think too. I think this is going to be. Well, a really- I do. I'm sure there's some ADs who are pissed off, going, "We can't play in those games, so bring those some bitches back to us." Well, sure. I mean, that's competitive balance. I mean, sure. Whatever. But 
the NCAA could easily avoid like I guess my point is while it's sure they are the ones directing and they're the members and the NCAA is made up of the schools and all that stuff. At the end of the day, if the NCAA heads and administration didn't want to tackle this, they wouldn't tackle this just because ten ADs were pissed off about it. Agreed. I mean, agreed. I, so what? What I'm what I'm getting at, what I think the reality is, we've talked about this. We've talked about it a lot to the point where people are like, "I'm tired of you talking about NIL," and we're like, "We're sick of talking about it." But it's the story in sports. Certainly in what we cover. Sure. Look at Ole Miss as an example. Keith Carter's trying to raise money for facilities. They're trying to uh you gotta pay coaches. They they love Lane Kiffin to keep Lane Kiffin if he keeps winning is going to be expensive. You gotta pay off coaches that are leaving, all that stuff. And you go to the same group of people for money all the time, and you're asking them for money. And and now, in addition, you're kind of asking, hey, and we need you to help us pay the players through the collectives. And people are like, yeah, well, I, I can't do everything. And frankly, that's where our number one goal is at the moment, maybe. Yeah. And so for a lot of these schools, well, it's, it's chicken and egg and all that stuff. Look, the ideally – and I, I'm with you here. I, I'm I'm stunned that anyone in athletics believed it was going to stay pure. Sure. But ideally, the the point of it was to do things like what we're doing with Peyton Chatney, yeah. Troy Brown. Just... Here, here's money for a product. You endorse a business. You're already at the school. Look, obviously, Troy Brown didn't come to Ole Miss because he could do a show on MPW Digital. I mean, I'd love to think that was part of it, but I, I'm yeah. Pretty realistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm, yeah, my ego's not that big. So it was just a side thing. It's a, it makes a little money of NIL, but that's not what NIL is now. NIL now is, hey, all these guys, because I've heard a certain number at Ole Miss even, that all these guys generally get roughly this. And not all those guys are doing much. I mean, tweeting for the collective, come, give me a break. No offense to everybody involved, but stop. Mm-hmm. Making an Instagram post isn't that's there's not value there. Yeah. You're not unless you're the market value equation is not being reached. Right. Sure. And there's a handful full of people and, and frankly, it's females that, that have that type of social following, social media following that yeah. their Instagram posts have true value. Yeah. Tend the conversation in a second. First two about Northeast Spark, NESPARC, service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESPARC.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parole controls, network security, and more. So again, call the office for details. It's best in it around 662-238-3159. Uh, the College Corners, your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. and Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. It's home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them, and they'll conduct a complimentary no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. 
John is a part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. What you do is you get in touch with John, you give him some parameters, you give him a budget, and he will give you options you're not going to find on your own. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwardsregencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square, euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, all of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Chase is pinch hitting for me on the uh, mailbag this week. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Podcast also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. That's johnsonhillcreamery.com. Go to their website, go to their Instagram page. And you'll see plenty of different uh, things they have going on every single day. Small, small batch artisanal cheese and fermentations. They make all their cheese locally and in-house. They're in White Oak Lane off Molly Bar. They're, uh, they're grazing uh, tables and more. 662-419-9201. They do a lunch menu now. They even get it delivered. You can use Fetched for that. So you can see all their different lunch options, all their different cheese options, or charcuterie plates that are fantastic, and much more. Again, johnsonhillcreamery.com. I mean, it's it's the it's the dumbest. Sorry, it's the most predictable quote. Even though he's exactly right. I mean, even Bob Bowlesby, who has had plenty of, of of issues of his own, frankly has no. You can read through his quote here, some connotation to where he does not anticipate any type of meaningful action coming from the NCAA. Dellinger says in his story that the NCAA is down fifteen to twenty in employment uh, enforcement employees at this point from pandemic layoffs. I mean, 15 to 20 is a lot. It's a big number. I yeah. mean, it's not like they've got a staff of 800. I mean, that's, no. a, that's a big number. And they said they would replace them at some point. So that's not coming tomorrow. I mean, Bowlesby. Not a job I'd want. Oh, God. Whether it's possible to unring the bell remains to be seen. Seems to me we would have been infinitely better off had we gone ahead and implemented some guardrails. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob. Hey, Bob's that guy who never really gets a voice or whatever, and he's just kind of sitting in the back of the room, and he's listening to all of it, and somebody goes, hey, Bob, what do you think? Well, we're all idiots. Well, Bob's yeah. also the guy that's on his way out, and he's yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> as I leave, yeah. I have some parting thoughts. Yeah. And you guys done this a year ago, maybe. We wouldn't be in this situation. Cool. All right. <laughs> He does kind of seem like the guy at the back of the room just sipping a cocktail. Goes, ah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Bob's, Bob's got his retirement. He's set. He's got his parachute. And he's like, you know, if maybe we'd had some rules in the first place, just saying out loud. But they didn't. They got sucked up in the social, the, the summer of social justice, man. They did. I'm not, that's not a political statement. It's what happened. And they just went, screw it. Do it. Do the whole thing. What's funny, and I, I'm not, it's not a criticism, but 
when I read Dillinger's story, I read the quotes from AD's, I think Staples quote story. Actually, Staples story had more quotes from AD's, but I'm getting them kind of mixed up because I've read so much stuff on the same topic. Everybody's talking, the collectives, and I get why they're doing it. They're defending what their side of it is because they're not, the collectives are not going to admit that they participated in anything that was unlawful to the regulations prior to the kids being enrolled. But all the stories are get up toward whether it's legal once these kids, like all the quotes are relevant to once the kid is enrolled. Well, nobody's arguing that. Like, we're having an we're having a dishonest conversation in these stories. That's what we do in college sports. We can't have a real conversation. Nobody can just be honest about it. Because, like, even Ruiz, he's here. Where is this? It's the Miami booster. Yeah, I was looking for the quote. He says, we feel our platform is the only one in the country that truly would be Brazilian to any attack by the NCAA because we have a quid pro quo. The payments are made electronically to them every two weeks. It's a pretty well oiled machine. Nobody is saying... He's fighting against market value, which, okay, whatever. I, that's never going to get enforced because prove it. The question is... you Did you do it before and only because they went to Miami? That is the only question, and we're avoiding that in these stories. Of we're course. not talking about no, that. No, no one wants to talk about it. It's well, No one wants to say, hey, it would if, if NIL weren't a factor, would, would Nico Iamaliva be at Tennessee? Nico Iamaliva, by the way, who still has a whole senior season to play. What made him suddenly target Tennessee? It was in, it was money, inducements. That's where this is. And so if the argument is that those guys are boosters, and they are, then yeah, you've, you've broken CAA rules. Well, like, good luck here to a certain extent. I mean, Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, who's on the working group for this. What's happening now, I only ha- I only know what I hear, because, of course, we're not doing it at Ohio State. I'm sorry, that's my word, not theirs. Is the inducements violate rules? Hopefully this passes Monday. He said this last week. This passes Monday and will give more char- clarity and guidelines, but then enforcement has to enforce, and the schools need to enforce as well. That's the other part. At the end of the day, you have an institutional responsibility to enforce. Oh, oh. So the school is going to come out and punish their own collective? Well, that's where – so that's – I was going there. So if you're at Ole Miss today, right, you're in these meetings – I mean, are you really going to call interviews and go, "Hey, how'd you get here? What'd happen? Who?" Yeah, are you are you going to inf- are you going to instruct your enforcement people, your compliance people? Are you going to instruct them? Hey, we probably need to dig into all these transfers. Were you offered anything? Probably need to call all these collectives. <clears throat> couple interesting calls there yeah i mean i mean because you got one that you've known i mean i'm just gonna be real here chase you've got one that you've known for years was a problem you're gonna suddenly dig into it now i bet not but if the ncaa decides to pick on Ole miss and they've done it before they would say hey did you ask about this well kind of did kind of didn't well now you're into inst- – we're back into all these other things. Because that, that has been hinted multiple times in here that institutional control is a large portion of this – what they would try to hit a school So with. at all of these schools, if you're at Tennessee today, are you going, hey, we need to dig into this ourselves? 
It's a problem. But the problem is, if and then forget Ole Miss. Any school punishes their own collective publicly. Well, that's a golden ticket for the NCAA to come in. And Chet's right here. He's exactly oh, right. He's exactly to right. then punish you for cooperating and punishing your own collective. Yes. So no, you can't do that, Chet. So you, everybody just buries yeah, their head in the sand and, and hope that the hope that the, the whammy doesn't land on you, right? Yes. You're all just sitting there hoping the roulette wheel doesn't hit thirty-two. So everyone's kind of playing pressure luck. I mean, some schools can be... Let's keep going, right? That's what you do in Press Your Luck. Let's keep going. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Oh, it's Kentucky. Thank God. (laughs) I mean, you talk about a nightmare inside an athletic department because what if you go, okay, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Uh, uh, Now you're in trouble. I mean, that's not a great business plan. It's a fun game show, but it's not a great business plan. What's the alternative? I don't know. Because you're not hamstringing your own collective. Well, are you telling them, hey, chill? Well, no, now, I, are you calling? So here's the next question. Are you yeah. calling people in today? Like, are you calling Lane and, and Kermit and everybody else going, hey, look, I'm not stupid, but... You cannot be telling your yeah. collectives. Plausible deniability here, guys. You, can, you cannot be telling your collectives who you want so that they can start having these conversations. That's got to stop. Yeah, legally with state law, you can. So, I here know. we are. I, that's, legally with state law, they can cooperate with yeah, one another. Legally, absolutely. But we're back to that conversation when the NCAA comes calling. Are you are you will, are you willing as an institution to tell them to kick rocks? I don't know. Maybe you should. I don't know the answer to that. Oh, and Grind's got a good point here. They've been having the Miami thing, giving a kid a larger NIL deal because he so he doesn't transfer is a clear pay for play inducement. Yeah. Even if he is a student athlete, you are upping his thing not because of market value, but because it keeps him from leaving. Happened at. Western Kentucky yesterday, I think. Did it really? Yeah. I mean, that's that's clear to me. I, we're, we're, this is stupid. The whole thing is so stupid. I, I, I don't know how it's enforceable. But if they pick on somebody and enforce it, and it certainly sounds like they're going to. They're going to try, yeah. Most people agree they are going to try to hammer someone. And if you want to send a message, you got to hand. You got, it has to be a power five getting hammered. It does. Yeah. Come on. You're Tennessee today. Are you nervous? You're Kentucky today. Are you nervous? Or are you just like, hey, are you or are you girding your loins for a fight? Well, I mean, you have to fight for multiple reasons. A, you for the most part, you've got to back boosters that are in good standing at your school that are just doing kind of what you're telling them to do for being sure. Honest. You also have to fight for your fan base and just what that looks like from a perception standpoint. Right. Yeah. You that that there's no doubt. Yeah. You have to fight like hell. So you're telling the NCAA to kick rocks. You are. Yeah. I, I don't see, given the power dynamic of all involved, I don't see how any other method makes sense. But now that's a difficult place for a lot of for a lot of athletic departments to go. Nope, nope, you're picking on us. Screw you. This is where you, another thing you worry about in this day of everything being electronic. You worry about a kid having a recording of a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Especially in one-party states. Screenshots. Yeah. I don't know. Greg Sankey yesterday reiterating what he said 7,000 times. His quote, we can stay at some of the playoff. We can stay at four. The conference will thrive at four, period. That's not helpful for the rest of college football, but we can stay at four. Yeah. yeah. He's been he continues to say, you guys are just killing yourselves, but whatever. Whatever yeah. you want to do. Well, the SEC is going to always get one, probably two of the four. Yeah. Let me, know, let me know when you want to stop being an idiot and we'll. Yeah. We'll and yeah, if you go to 12, the SEC is going to get five. It's the best league. It's going to get five. But you're going to get one too. Yeah. And you'll, everybody's going to make more money. I would love to know what Sankey Sammy brings up Sankey in the in the thread. I I would love to know what Sankey really thinks about all of this. I mean, he knows what's going on in his league. He knows how much passion there is about college football and at some places college basketball in his league. Sure. Just a quick thing here, then we'll go to a couple of things after the break. Um USA Today with an interesting thing. You can read this on their website. Uh, attendance in Major League Baseball. Everybody's been talking about the A's and all the negatives, but just a little quick aside. Attendance for the first 12 home dates for every team in 2022 versus the first 12 games in 2019. Mm-hmm. The teams that are up significantly, the Blue Jays at 59% up, Marlins 32, Tigers 27, White Sox 25, Padres 23, Orioles 20. Braves 19, Kansas City 19, Reds, Reds even 15, even though they are historically. They're up, they're up 15%. Yeah, compared to wow. 19. And then on the other side, uh, the Guardians minus 18. I did not recognize their logo. I seriously was staring at it for like four seconds trying to figure out who that team was. Uh, Pirates 21 down, Brewers 22 down, Phillies 24 down, Diamondbacks 26 down, Nationals 27 down, and then the Oakland A's 58 down yeah. compared to 19. We, yeah, we the, all knew that. The pictures of the A's stadium every night is haunt. I mean, it's, that's, if you're, yeah. Are they losing the team? I would think. Okay. Right? I mean, I would think if at this point you're looking to leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could go to Las Vegas. You could go to Nashville. Sure. I think putting a team in Nashville just makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. It's become such a tourist place it's also become such a a convention place people have the the fan base has grown there they did a phenomenal job by the way nashville did with their mls stadium they did it It is fantastic yeah it looks neat so podcast brought to you in part by g and m pharmacy 662-236-2222 it's on south lamar there in oxford also uh on with tyson drugs in holly springs and give them a call to transfer your medications from any big box pharmacy you can go with somebody you know and trust it will deliver your medicine to you including with medsync they'll do it one time a month to get everything you need when you need it in one delivery so again in oxford that is on south lamar 662-236-2222 I was telling you yesterday about service specialists. If you're looking for a job, well, also it's good, great place if you are looking for a hard-to-find quality talent, if your company is. If you are, service specialists can help. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You've got nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138. 
Also brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Our stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down pay, payment, financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Bell & Grove, based out of Chattanooga. Bell & Grove is a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. that can navigate through supply chains, while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. For more information about Bell and Grove, call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. Brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got a lot to be offered at uh, at uh, Bell and at Southern Traditions. I'm sorry. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, uh, They've got camp season coming up starting on uh, May the 30th. So get in touch with Susan Walt, Bowers Cone, and the people at um, Southern Traditions Farm. You can message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. And if you come to town or if you live around town, don't forget about LB's Meat Market. Freshest meats, freshest cuts in all of uh, Oxford, anywhere around here. Right across the street from Kroger, whether you're looking for um, beef or pork or chicken, uh, fresh seafood, house-made sausages, it's all there at LB's Meat Market. So, Neil, uh, the full announcement is on Thursday, but the NFL has announced that Rams-Broncos is one of the Christmas Day games for uh, for this year. Obviously, the defending Super Bowl champions against Russell Wilson in his new home. So That is one of them. We'll get the rest of them here, uh, here soon. So, apparently, yep. uh, today, uh-huh. th- there was a – Fox was having its earnings call with its shareholders. Yep. And there was an opinion that uh, there was going to be some anger about losing Troy Aikman and Jack Buck. Sure. So they kept it quiet for the call, and uh, the Fox Sports people were able to announce on the call that uh, Tom Brady was coming to Fox. To calm down their shareholders. As soon as his career is over, yeah. That settled it. Pretty much anything Tom Brady touches apparently is gold yeah. beyond football. Yeah. I, I do agree with this. It's, it is actually the negative to Nashville getting a team. is As regional as baseball is and how regional is how you actually do well and keep baseball to be a sustainable business model, being so close to Atlanta, Cincinnati, and St. Louis is an issue. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, it's hurting all of that really, really, especially Cincinnati. I mean, that is – I think the answer is you build it another indoor facility, I mean, a, a retractable roof facility, and you put it in Vegas. Vegas has had tremendous success with both hockey and, and now with the Raiders. Teams like going there. You could play an all-star game in Vegas. Sure. I mean, 
You don't see new uh, records, things that have never happened in baseball because there's been so many games over such a period of time. Yesterday, Josh Naylor becomes the first ever Major League player to have eight RBIs in the eighth inning or later of a game yesterday. Oh, wow. Yes. So, little fun fact there. He had a tying grand slam with two outs in the ninth inning and a three-run homer in the 11th. Apparently had another RBI somewhere along there, too. So, yes. Had a run-scoring double in the eighth. So run scoring double in the eighth, grand slam in the ninth, three run homer in the eleventh. Pretty good four innings there for Mr. Naylor. He slept well. He had a day. Yeah. Yeah. Went all right. Um, so a couple things here. I was just skimming stories from the 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 Derby winner Rich Strike yesterday. And I wonder if USA Today has like a word count quota because the very last paragraph says on Sunday read the trainer for Rich Strike. Said he expects Rich Strike to run in the second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness, on May 21st. Was that ever a question? Did anybody go, you know what, we're just done now. We're not going to go to the Preakness. We're not going to run. We barely got into the Derby, but we're finished. We're not going to go collect that payday and that stud fee that would be coming because we ran the Preakness in two weeks. Like, what what, what, what are we doing? I, I, I'm, so you said you found some quotes about the trainer. Well, yeah, I just found it kind of funny. So, because... As you would imagine, when a guy is punching the Kentucky Derby winner on national TV, that that creates some questions from yeah. people on why is he punching the horse yeah. at this point? And he's a psycho horse. Uh, they kind of admit that, but no, this is this is sort of kind of interesting. Um, where is it? I've got it here. First, uh, PETA is issuing a complaint against the guy today for, okay. for hitting the horse. Okay. Um, right when they get done with turning bullpens into arm barns, they're going to get to the derby thing <laughs> right. and, 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 and poke us there. Right. So he offered his perspective. He was on the Today Show, Reed was, um, said that he praised his outrider, meaning the guy that was hitting him, for his efforts in trying to get Rich Strike to calm down. He said the outrider's job at the end of a race is to help get the leading horse and get him slowed down, take him around and let the jockey do the interview. Richie, the horse, he was in killer mode. He was going to outrun every... This is an answer a question for us. He was going to outrun every horse on the track, and he had not had a horse after the finish line come over to him, so when he saw that pony coming his way, he thought he had another horse to beat, and he was trying to run by him. The man did his job. He reached out and grabbed a hold of the horse, and it made the horse mad. He didn't know he was trying to help him. He thought he was supposed to outrun the horse, and he hit the he bit the guy's leg terribly. Bit his arm a couple really bad bites, Reed continued. The horse is not a mean horse. He was just in race mode, and he didn't understand why they were grabbing him to slow him down. That man saved my horse from injury because had he got up in the air and lost my rider, it could have gotten loose and gotten really bad. I'm sorry for the injuries the outrider sustained. So he says that Rich Strike didn't know the race was over, saw the the, the pony that was supposed to lead him around and was trying to outrun him, and that's why he was biting things. When's that drug test come back? He's more of an expert than we are, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. You do not believe the horse was in race mode. I don't know. I mean, I I think the horse was a little jacked up. Well, he had a lot of adrenaline. He just won the derby. Yeah. He pumped up. I mean, he's like, I did it! <laughs> he's Rocky, essentially. I did like, it! Yeah. Well, hell, Rocky tied. He won. Yeah. No, he was like, he was like Rocky after Rocky, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Adrian. And that was his Yo, Adrian moment right there. Adrian wasn't even at the fight, Rocky. The second fight, was she? Didn't she come in at the very end? Remember, she like, well, like had to be like in the, the, <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe so. It was no, no, two. Yeah, no, she was with with Polly on two. Yeah, I meant one. You know, she can't. You know, she was at. Well, she came into one. Two. Yeah. She's just watching on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody says they say this happens all the time. Greg Jones was showing me a tape. I mean, a video of a horse race. I guess it was out in California, where the horse, one of the horses, started trying to bite another horse while it was racing really yeah and somehow the jockey stayed cool and like got it away and still won even though his horse was being attacked what the <laughs> i mean <laughs> really yeah like greg had a word for it i can't remember what it's called like it's in the end in, uh, so it does happen fairly fairly frequently that you know a horse but apparently there were actually like injuries here from this yeah these well, biting. can you that's a big animal if you get bit by that kind of animal you're gonna it's gonna hurt and he's like psycho biting i mean he's yeah <laughs> okay I, I look it's it, it accomplished its purpose because i am so into the preakness now Watching this dumb horse back on the track. Like, I'm, ner- I'm, I'm nervous about the drug results coming back. You really are. I mean, I know you're making jokes, but you're serious. No, I'm totally serious. You really think there could be something to this? I mean, I will feel better about it, about getting excited about the Preakness once. Well, frankly, over. that would be a horrendous. The sport would be, be terrible in for severe the sport. trouble. Two yeah. years in a row. Yeah, it would be terrible for the sport. When it's already, I mean, it's completely fringe. We watch three races a year. We, yeah, sure. we we have never heard of these horses prior to the Derby. But we will be if if everything comes back clean, we will be psyched up about the Preakness. We're in. I'm, I'm totally in because the horse is goofy. Yeah, that's I, really the only reason. It's because the horse he might is goofy. win and he might finish 14th. We go okay, and he yeah. might do something. He might do something insane on the track now. And if he finishes 14th, we all go. Oh well, all right. Yeah, moving cool. on. Move on. And if he wins, oh. Now it's a three-week buildup for this eighty-to-one long shot. Oh, there's a, a movie being made. A, oh, it's movies. Yeah, yeah. Move over, Sea Biscuit. Like here we come. Absolutely. What do you think, old Rich Strike's doing right now? Eating some oats. Just probably had a little training run. Yeah, went around track. A few yeah, times. got some oats. He doesn't seem like the horse that does real good like aerobic training runs, where he's just sort of yeah cantering around the track. No, he kind of wanted to go. Yeah, he always. Yeah, it's he's. He was acting weird before the race. Yeah, they had a hard time getting him settled. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen a horse jaw? <laughs> I do wonder if he has a better shot in the Belmont, being such a long race. Because the Preakness is a mile and an eighth it's short, and then the Belmont's a mile and a half. I don't. I don't know the numbers honestly. I think that's right because the Kentucky Derby is a mile and a quarter. I am rooting for this horse. I do kind of hate this horse, and I do kind of root for him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just in. I'm completely like, oh, I'm totally here. for him. Are you yeah. kidding? I want him to win now. <laughs> the idea of that horse winning the Triple Crown is it's it's, it's because great. no matter what he does, like he's not getting a statue in Churchill. Like this isn't the horse that's going to get the, the 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 whatever. He's not going up next to Secretariat. <laughs> no, he did run a hell of a fast. He was quick. Derby, though. He was quick. That cat was just getting started. <laughs> Which is the problem. Yeah. yeah. He was like, let's do it again. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All 
All right. Uh, remember, midweek game is tomorrow, not tonight. Uh, kind of feel sorry for the mayors that are in his future, frankly, oh, a little bit, right? Oh. <laughs> okay. On that note, we will uh, be back with you tomorrow. Normal show tomorrow, um, and then the shows beyond that the rest of the week will be pre-recorded, so just heads up. Normal stream in the morning, and then we'll have more content to you, but it will not be in the normal format on Thursday as you are used to. So, uh, hope you have a great day. Go to rebelgrove.com in the meantime, and we will talk to you in the morning.